Hello there. Welcome in. This is Downtown, the podcast, episode 32, brought to you, well, like the previous 31, by our friends at Cross Insurance, where security meets strength, and by Nice Brewing Company, German-style beer from the woods of Maine. Rich Kimball, Carrie Haskell with you from our Zone Radio studios in Bangor, Maine. We host a daily show uh, called Downtown, strangely enough, on WZON Radio, WKIT HD3. You can pick up streaming audio with the WZON app or go to our website at downtownwithrichkimball.com. Two uh, interesting and very different conversations on the podcast this week. Uh, actor and comedian Christopher Titus and singer-songwriter Livingston Taylor will visit with us. Let's get things started by a guy who has been making people laugh for a couple of decades now. Uh, loved his television show. It was uh, it was not on for a long time, Kerry, but a tremendously smart and funny show. Yeah, Titus was... That was a tough show to watch at times, but uh, a hilarious show to watch. And, and one of those ones that I think if it was back on now, it, it would probably last longer than it did the first time around. Well, he has produced a new DVD of his uh, stand-up set that he's been doing on the road for um, the better part of the year called Amerigeddon. And we had a chance to talk with Christopher Titus recently about, well, how he's healing America through his comedy. How's it going, man? It's going great. Uh, we're, we're counting on you to bring these two sides together. Uh, can you do that? How's it working out? <laughs> well, you know, I start, I'm an independent. You know, I believe in the death penalty, but also once you get convicted of the death penalty, they need to put you in a penalty box and you get beaten to death by hockey players. That's what I think. I love the sound of that. That would work out uh, very, very well. What, what's but, it? But, if it's, but if it's lethal injection, it should be organic and gluten-free. That's how we're going to work it out. <laughs> Now this is uh, this is the show that we saw when you were up here in Maine early in the year. Uh, how has that show developed uh, leading up to the making of the DVD? Um, you know, it's funny, man. Everything just gets better and tighter. I think when I saw it in Maine, I was still kind of, I kind of had it, it kind of locked down, and you just get better and better at it. You know, you start taking out words, words drop out. Um, basically, I just you, you just kind of cut away the suck after a while. <laughs> like, oh, it does that joke doesn't suck anymore. I also notice that sometimes I'll just forget. Like, you know, the people I tour with will go, hey, that joke you used to do is gone, the sh- it's gone on the show now. And if it dropped off on its own, it deserved to go, you know? And so if I forgot to do a joke, usually it's because it wasn't funny enough. And then it got to a point where it was getting standing ovations, you know, and I was getting both sides. I did it in Alabama <coughs> the second time I went to Alabama, and uh, I got four standing ovations out of five shows. And the uh, and I was wearing Kevlar the whole time, so it worked out okay. <laughs> uh, now I, I think I saw a statement from you that uh, it makes sense to me. Do you think that it's in the best interest of our leaders to keep us polarized? The enemy is not each other; it's the people in charge. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's always they. They who run things. All they want is money. All they want is power. You know, um, they all have that that chin waddle under their necks. They're all, by the way. It's always they. they uh, and, and they in America's history are always old, silver-haired, ancient white guys. Um, you know, a lot of them are Draculas. And I think we need to get rid of those Draculas, and I think we'll be fine. It's never, it's never, it's never the people that work, you know, during the day. You know, like, we just go about our days. You know, we just manage Ruby Tuesdays, and we pray to God the hostess isn't pregnant. That's what we do. We live our lives. <laughs> We're talking to Christopher Titus here on Downtown uh, Amerigeddon. The DVD is out. So let me ask you this. Uh, President Trump, is he is he good or bad for comedy? <laughs> both. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually both. There's a, 
there's a, it's interesting because I go after everybody in the show. You know, if you want to get the DVD, it's 90 minutes. It's actually 94 minutes of really bringing the country together. But I, I, the only way to do that is to go after everybody, you know. I mean, I, even at Hillary, I go, I go, I ask women in the audience, I go, I go, why was Hillary always wearing those square jackets? Was she running as Lego Hillary? Because, holy crap. <laughs> and uh, so, and when I go up to Trump, it's like, Trump is just a, look, we've had guys like Trump before. We've had, we've had guys, you know, Nixon was kind of evil. Uh, Agnew was kind of evil. It's never the guy. It's never the guy. It's, it's always, you know, it's always, it's always us. We'll get a, listen, here's what I want to tell people, because. People got in fights with their families over Thanksgiving. Listen, we get a new idiot in four years no matter what. You're going to need your family around in 20 to wipe you. Do you understand that? <laughs> uh, maybe less for me. <laughs> you just don't want to be on your deathbed and someone have the plug in the wall going, hey, by the way, remember that Trump argument we have? And then unplug you. What do you think? Who wins now? I, you know, <laughs> so so we just we got to stop fighting about politics and come together. Because if we can show up together, you know, the red... Red baseball hats, those pink knit hats, and, you know, show up together. Say, How you doing? Yeah, we figured our stuff out. i got to be honest. I love organic lavender potpourri. I ain't lying. And I don't think <laughs> meat is murder anymore unless you eat people. If we could show up together, because, you know, and I tell people all the time, listen, guys, we do not have to agree, but we have to get along or this burns down. And that's where the show came from. Yeah, and uh, people can get that show on your website, ChristopherTitus.com. They can also get uh, any of, what, your seven other specials on there. Um, seven 90-minute specials. And then and there's a new movie just called uh, Special Unit. Due to the Fairness and Disabilities Act, the LAPD has to hire four handicapped undercover detectives. And I play Nick Nolte's mugshot. I play the worst cop in L.A. <laughs> now, I learned something uh, interesting about that. Uh, that started off as a pilot for Comedy Central or, or the, the first sort of the yeah, first iteration. It, it directed the pilot directed by a guy that's been on with us, like, what, three times now, Brian Cranston. Yeah, he's the best. Brian, I, I've known when Brian was on Malcolm in the Middle, I was on Titus and we hung out a lot. We would always go to press junkets and stuff together. So we're friends. So after. This is before Breaking Mass. We did the pilot. Malcolm in the Middle ended. I asked Brian if he would direct the pilot, and he did an awesome job to the point where when I directed the movie, I stole some of his setups. <laughs> and he and uh, he said something about that. After he watched the movie, he called me. He's like, you know, you just kind of copied me in a bunch of places. Yep, exactly. You're Brian freaking Cranston, for God's sakes. What am I going you know, copy the best? So he was, he was awesome about it, and he uh, – you know, he really liked the movie too, which is which is it was a good compliment to have Brian, you know, call back because he just wouldn't have if he didn't like it. He's too polite. Yeah, it's a great, great movie. Uh, enjoyed it a lot. Now, uh, the other something else you got going on too is the, your podcast, uh, the uh, the Titus podcast, the Armageddon Report. Always leads yep. off, often political. I noticed last week though you went uh, you, you went off the politics with the dangers of Christmas trees. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I think at one point with every look, look, what's going on in the world right now? This guy that's running them. We have six stupid things happen every day. I don't understand how you screw up nine hundred and forty times in six hundred and eighteen days. <laughs> the only people happy are Charlie Sheen and Lindsay Lohan. So <laughs> even I get tired. I wish he would stop. I wish he would just put the phone down and just go away. Just handle business. Don't get on TV. Don't say, and this, that's what I say to Trump people, because by the way, any Trump people listening right now, I want you to know something. I love you guys. You are my fellow Americans, and I will defend you to the death, but you have to admit something to yourself. 
Whenever that man heads towards a microphone, <laughs> you have anxiety, don't you? <laughs> we all do. You know, we all we are scared. But so I, I sometimes sometimes I go out of my way to make sure that podcast doesn't just beat on politics all the time aren't we all tired of it at this point well yeah and you do such a great job I, I tip my cap to you for the way you talk with people such as it is on social media platforms uh but you're you're very tolerant you're very patient with people on twitter and uh some people don't want to play the game that way they just want to yell and scream and get out but you try to actually engage people <laughs> yeah it's a sickness. I have to be honest with you. It's heckler practice. It really is heckler practice for me. Uh, <laughs> like today, and, and it's both sides too. I'll have these right wing crazies that'll just start yelling at me. And then the last two days, I had these lefty lefties. I said something about uh, one of the one of the politicians, and I didn't use the right word. I described her as a girl, and she goes, "I'm sorry, she's a woman." I'm like, "That wasn't the point I was making." <laughs> like, listen, here's what I'm gonna say this. If whatever side you think you're on, people, if you don't think your side has douchebags, then you're a douchebag. That's how it works. <laughs> now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, you had Elaine, Blues, uh, Elaine Boozler on your podcast, and that was a just yeah, a awesome. great, great discussion. Um, from that, you guys were talking about the history of comedy quite a bit. Young comedian was coming up, talking to you, and you said, look, go watch these three or four comedians to really see what comedy is capable of being, who would those first three or four that you think of be? I, I would say perform, performance, you go watch Robin Williams. Go watch him and watch how he kept the audience, no matter what was going on, and kept engaged. If you want to know about writing, go watch George Carlin. George Carlin, every time when I start to get cocky, I feel like I'm pretty good. I go watch one of George Carlin's specials, and I want to be a welder again. <laughs> just like I need to quit this and get a day job. Uh, and then uh, I think Seinfeld is also a master. If you if you want to be innocuous and not do a lot of like political humor to rattle people or, or anything that's going to rattle people, edgy, watch watch Seinfeld, man. They're, they're, these guys are all masters. And uh, I would say I was going to say Cosby, but uh, he kind of dropped out of my. <laughs> he got a little. Uh, let's just call it rapey. He got rapey, and uh, he's off the list now. But. Uh, but those good. Carlin always, I mean, there was something I heard about Carlin recently, he, and and when you when you watch him, he has a way of finding a truth that you knew but you weren't aware of. You know what I mean? You ever mm. see a comic will say something, and and you and you go, "Wow, I've noticed that all the time, and I never thought of it that way." Yeah. And that's what Carlin was awesome at. He, well, and, he's still my favorite. And and Carlin too, uh, he was an equal opportunity hater. He was tired of the angry people on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah, you know, aren't we? All, we had a guy last night. I was uh, working in Ontario and probably had a guy last night. And in the middle of it, he said, uh, he just yelled something about Obama. I did two Trump jokes. I'd already done like four Hillary jokes. And, I did, and then he yelled something about Obama. And I stopped the show. I go, I go, just, I just back it up. I go, just, sound, just tell me, tell me what you mean. And he had no facts, you know. And I think Carlin had the same thing. Because I'm, look, I'm this guy. And here's the problem with the country right now. People are believing what they want to believe instead of what the actual numbers are. That's the problem. Right. Like, you know, it, it, people, it, it, we, we have to figure out a way to find the vaccine for stupid in our country. You know, <laughs> how do you know if you're stupid? Uh, okay, if your 10th grade English teacher uh, helped you write your third birth announcement, you're an idiot. <laughs> if you spell pregnant, pregnant, there you go, you're an idiot. So, and, and we need to stop the loudly, confidently stupid people who don't. Here's what I'll say to them. Like, you know the people I'm talking about, like, 
I, the whole show is about coming together as we the people. Because what these guys did last election, they made us believe it was us and them the people. Mm. So that's what I wrote the special about. That was the whole goal of the special. To get at the end, we could actually don't have to agree, but we have to get along. And these people that just will yell at you. You start a conversation, they have no facts, and they're like, yeah, I know, I know. 98% of climatologists say climate change exists, but 2% say it don't. So that makes it inconclusive. <laughs> and, and you can't, and I want to go, yeah, okay, let me ask you this then. If I'm 98% inside your girlfriend, uh, <laughs> is it on you or is it inconclusive? So it, it doesn't make any sense. And, and I think people are, I think we're all tired. We just want someone to make sense again. You know, if we could just, and that's what this special was about. Because I would give my, I would give my Yakuza pinky for Mitt Romney right now. <laughs> so when when you run for office, is is your campaign slogan "Fight Stupid" or "Stupid Thinks It's Right"? <laughs> yeah. It, I, yeah, fight stupid or stupid thinks it's right. That's exactly it. That's a hundred percent it. But then again, here's the problem that people would even think I get because I do a bit about it in the show about running for president. And people are like, yeah. And I go, that's the problem with America. I think I would be a good pro- I didn't even graduate high school. I was let go. I was laid off from my senior year, man. I showed up and they went, we filled your position. I'm sorry. So we, uh, give me some competence and, and, some, and some common sense. And I think, we'll be, I, think we're, I think this needed to happen, though, so we can get back to that. Don't you guys? I, I, I sure hope that's a positive somewhere in there. There has to be something good about it. <laughs> or we're all going to be living... You know, in a in a in a nitro methane fueled Armageddon, wearing mohawks and killing each other for uh, for two gallons of food, two gallons of gas, and and a bit and a chicken. You know, it doesn't matter. Either way, it'll work out. We always have. You found the silver lining, no question about it. Hey, go to ChristopherTitus.com, pre-order the DVD Armageddon for Christmas or or Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or whatever you like, and uh, you can also get a digital download as well. It's great stuff. We're bringing the country together thanks to Christopher Titus. Uh, Christopher, thanks so much for visiting with us again. Guys, thanks. Sorry I was in the car driving, man. You guys are awesome. Thanks for having me on. Actor-comedian Christopher Titus here on Downtown the Podcast. When we come back, singer-songwriter Livingston Taylor visits with us after this word from Cross Insurance. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. You know, it's been more than five years now since our friends Dustin and Tim got together to start making great beers in the foothills of the White Mountains. Talking, of course, about Nice Brewing Company, G-N-E-I-S-S. They're right over in Limerick, Maine, but their beer can be found throughout the state at uh, your favorite store or at terrific restaurants as well. Whether it's the Nice Weiss, the Sun and Shine, IPA, Stouts, Porters, or any of their seasonable offerings, you'll love what they've got brewing at Nice. Make sure you ask for beers from Nice at your favorite restaurant or bar and look for Nice in cans throughout the state of Maine. Work hard, play hard, be nice. back on downtown the podcast episode 32 
with a voice familiar to music fans for 50 years. I don't know what words to say, but when I see you, I know they'll come. They'll be words that finally say how much I've needed someone. Livingston Taylor has been making music for more than five decades, of course, comes from an acclaimed musical family. He will uh, be touring all around New England, and frankly, all around the United States here in the month of December and beyond. And we had a chance to catch up with him recently and talk about the tour and also uh, the state of contemporary music and the music business. Have you parked your plane or are you flying your plane, Liv? I have parked my airplane. I was down on Martha's Vineyard and uh, uh, I parked my plane and I am uh, uh, in my automobile and so pleased to talk with you. Well, excited for the Chocolate Church Show. I've seen you there before, and what a a wonderful, intimate venue that is. Oh, gosh, that's a wonderful place to play. Um, Clearly, the uh, good people of Bath have been very good to themselves (laughs) to support that venue. I have seen you, I can't even count how many times through the years, Livingston, and every show I've seen is different. Obviously, that's one of the reasons why uh, people continue to go to your concerts and see you. What is it about uh, your work and your stage presence that makes every Livingston Taylor concert appearance unique? Well, one of the things is that I, uh, uh, I can show up having done this now in excess of 55 zero <laughs> years, uh, what happens is that I can show up with a palette that's got a lot of different colors. And so you take a look at the night, you take a look at the audience, you feel what they are, uh, where they want to go, where I want to go, where I can go with enthusiasm and gusto. And you put all this stuff together and you're just able to build a show from, uh, uh, you're able to, yes, essentially paint a show with a lot of different colors. Uh, you're teaching, I believe it's what, 28, 29 years of teaching uh, at Berkeley? Yeah, Berkeley College of Music in Boston. I'm in my, uh, I'm coming up on my 30th year. Yeah, wow. That's incredible. And you teach stage performance. You've had a number of your students who've gone on to have success. And I I read an interview recently where you talked about how the music business has changed and what the Internet uh, has done for and to the music business. And you you mentioned the fact that we've lost the gatekeepers. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and what you meant by that? Well, what I mean by that is that the Internet allows for the Uh, a broad and infinite transfer of digitizable creativity. And so what happens is that uh, if you can't control the distribution of it at some point, then what uh, what you can't finance is gatekeepers. Great art, I believe, is the re- result of wealth concentrating talent. And if you can't um, have a revenue stream, it's very difficult to concentrate talent. So uh, what happened in the old record industry is a record company would uh, hire 
uh, would sign musicians, would hire producers, would put together an infrastructure that if there were a spark, they, that had the skill set to fan that spark brightly indeed. And now the problem is that as soon as it gets successful, it's accessible uh, uh, everywhere. Now, listen, gatekeepers are not necessarily pleasant. We hated them when we were when we were uh, uh, when I was a kid. We hated gatekeepers. They were the big squishy guys smoking a cigar, going, "Livy, I heard your latest record. I need a hit. Give me a hit." And uh, listen, that's not a pleasant character. And uh, but just because they're not pleasant, don't doesn't mean that they're not valuable and don't know, in fact, what they're doing. And, uh, uh, yeah, it, uh, by the way, it's not only in the record industry, it's in publishing, it's in uh, uh, magazines, newspapers. No, the Internet really eviscerated the revenue that controlling distribution allowed. That's perhaps more explanation than you wanted, but there it is. No, Livingston, this is Bruce. I just want to piggyback on that because I've had the same experience. People call me up and tell me they hear songs of mine from the old days on Spotify and no one's ever sent me any money for them. And like, but I'm also wondering, I'm thinking about how, how it used to be they would pirate our stuff by sending it to Europe. I traveled with Jack Elliott for years and years and years. Oh, and we, great. And we, we would go in, we would go into record stores and find records that were made in Germany or Holland that, we, that he didn't even know about. In fact, your sister Kate showed us one of them on Martha's Vineyard. I'll never forget that. She, oh, great! She said, "Jack, is this a record of yours?" <laughs> he said, "I guess, but I yeah. haven't seen it." Have, are you finding that it, not only the loss of revenue, but the pirating is really cutting in? Once again, I'm always bemused by this. First off, um, uh, what's important to pay? You'll pardon me for saying this. <laughs> You need to finance the gatekeeper. You don't need to finance the artist. Right. Artists who are creative, the only time an artist ever cre uh, complains about their revenue stream is when the creative fire has gone out and now they're destitute and uncreative. Uh, as, as you well know, Bruce, when you are in a creative fervor, uh, that's... That's as high as it ever gets. Amen. And so, and so uh, the problem with having eviscerated the income stream of the gatekeepers is that you don't have anybody who can concentrate talent. And so if you, uh, let me give you an example. If you, you can go to the Sistine Chapel today and see the, uh, the, uh, and watch the work of Michelangelo because the Catholic Church not only hired Michelangelo, but they hired an architect. They hired a builder. They bought all the building supplies. They built, they concentrated talent, and it allows you to see that genius to this day. We're talking with Livingston Taylor here on Downtown. Tell us a little bit about the documentary that is available now, Life is Good. That's, uh, that was done by uh, a, uh, 
uh, two filmmakers, documentary makers, Tracy Anarella and Peter Fish. And they came to me and wanted to do a documentary. And I said, uh, what you should film, don't film Livingston Taylor, film my students, film that process uh, of, of trying to get your music across and make it, and make it shine. And that's what they did. And it's essentially a film of, of what I teach and what I do at the Berkeley College of Music. Uh, I see on your itinerary you've got a busy late fall, early winter, including a trip to New Zealand. Uh, yes, I am going uh, to New Zealand right after I'm at the Chocolate Church. Uh, my wife, Gail, and I are going to get in onto an airplane, and we're going to go to explore New Zealand for a few weeks. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Now, I know you've played a lot of venues through the years, especially in New England, many venues here in the state of Maine. But I understand one of your most memorable happened years ago down in Bar Harbor when there was uh, an unexpected visitor at a performance at Getty's. Oh, God, that was so fun. I was playing at Getty's Pub, and I don't know if it's still there. My guess is that it's not. And... uh, um, uh, and a bat flew into the room. Uh, it was a hot summer night, uh, and the windows were all open. And a bat flew in that room, and I can tell you, that place came unglued. Ah! It was, uh, uh, eventually, um, uh, we were able to coordinate a crowd and get that bat out of there. And uh, all was well with the world. Uh, we're coming up on the Christmas season. Uh, you've recorded uh, some Christmas songs through the years, but I, I wanted to ask you, if you go back to your childhood, uh, was there a song, was there one Christmas song, is there one Christmas song today that immediately takes you back to your youth? Well, I think the same as for uh, all of us. Joy to the world. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Uh sleigh ride. Um, uh, there's no place like home for the holidays. I I am subject to the same uh, uh, songs we all are. And uh, uh, yes, I've written three or four Christmas songs and uh, uh, very much getting, enjoy getting a chance to play uh, a couple of them this time of year. Yeah, and uh, maybe we'll hear those at the Chocolate Church next Sunday. Uh, well, you'll you'll hear a couple of them. I'm not going to beat uh, people <laughs> to death with Christmas. They've they're already getting plenty of a of a licking from uh, J C Penny. <laughs> <laughs> well, Livingston, it's always a treat for us to talk with you. I know you'll uh, be down in your old stomping grounds in North Carolina uh, tomorrow, and then December 9th, two p.m. at the Chocolate Church in Bath. Uh, we wish you uh, a wonderful holiday season. And safe travels. Always great to when you visit with us here. Well, I so I'm so excited to come back to the Chocolate Church. The other thing is that yes, I have have other places to play before I come and see you. But be advised, although I won't tell them this, um, I'll be playing for them. But I will be thinking of you, <laughs> uh, Liv. We thank you as always, my friend. Appreciate you joining us. We'll see you soon uh, down in Bath. All right. Rich and Bruce, thank you both for a lovely interview. We'll speak soon. That's Livingston Taylor here on Downtown, the podcast. Thanks to Livingston and uh, thanks to 
actor and comedian, the talented Christopher Titus. And thanks to you for making us a part of your day here on Downtown the Podcast, brought to you by Cross Insurance, where security meets strength, and by Nice Brewing Company, German-style beer from the woods of Maine. We'll see you next time on Downtown the Podcast.